Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the MMA Church Podcast. I have a special guest. Uh, I know lately, guys, I've been switching it up. I've been having all kinds of extraordinary people on my show. This one probably hits home the hardest. I've known this person since I was a freshman in college. Uh, a very accomplished ag- athlete, highly educated. Oh, wait, didn't even mention she's from Italy? We'll get into that a little bit in the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sylvia Carly, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hey. So let's get into it, man, right? I gave that intro, and I mentioned you were from Italy. Uh, I, and, I, and you know, throughout my years, right, just, go, just existing on this planet, right, uh, I, I, whenever I met an, an Italian young lady, she was like, yeah, I'm Italian, whatever. I'm like, but are you really, though? Yeah, no, but, like, my family is, I got it, so not you, right? Like, you're not actually from Italy. Your last name's cute, though. It's cool. Um I, I never forgot where you were from, Verona, Italy. The oh, wow, moment yeah. you told me that, that forever stayed in my heart. Like, I never forgot that. So, uh, just let's get into a little bit of your background, right? Let's catch up on the folks on, let's catch these folks up on how the way we met and how far back we go. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, so this actually, 2021, makes my 10 year uh, in America, my 10th year in America. So um, that's a big, that's pretty big, you know, 10 years. And that's exactly, you know, when I came to college and when, and when we met. Uh, so it's been a minute and I actually did not think that it was that long. You know, I, I thought it was probably like our junior year or senior year that we met, but no, it was freshman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that time, you know, a lot, definitely a lot happened, a lot of moving, a lot of learning. Um, and um, finally getting somewhat, you know, yeah, settled in. I'm married. I got married in 2020. I know. So, I, yes. know. I saw that. I'm like, you know, I was like, oop, I can't put Carly here anymore. I got to put Reese. I'm a back right. yes. name there. Exactly. You know? <laughs> hey, real quick, he handsome. He handsome. Yeah, he is. Like, congrats. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah, he's amazing, you know. Um, my mom always told me, um, when it's the one, you'll know. And, and you know, at some point, I started to lose faith. I'm like, man, like, really? Like, when is it going to happen to me? And finally, um, finally it happened. And uh, it all made sense, you know. So, so yeah. But, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm still here, you know, working on my career, working on my dreams to be a... A dietitian. It has shifted over the years with my learning, with my experiences, uh, but definitely still working on that. And uh, yeah, so FIU, that's where it all started, really. Uh-huh. I remember started. too, man. I, I, I remember the I remember the backpacks, right? All, all of us <laughs> in our in our athletic school gear. <laughs> we were yeah, just kind of yeah. like, you know, we wear this stuff every day. Hey, let's keep wearing our same shit. Every- I went for it. It was tough. It's a lot of chemistry, you know, um, studying nutrition and 
because it was a small major at FIU. So if let's say if you, you have to take that one class at that time, that semester, because it's a prerequisite for something coming after. So um, sometimes I would have to leave from practice or, uh, you know, they would have to make special arrangements for me. So that, but that worked out. And then I ended up, which was probably one of my biggest accomplishments in life today, uh, it, uh, I ended up at FSU. So I got matched to an internship and master program at FSU. And uh, so, and only, let me tell you something, like only after um, I finished my undergrad, I found out that to become a dietitian, so to actually matter in the field of nutrition, uh, you have to do a, a accredited internship, accredited at the Academy of uh, Nutrition and Dietetics, right? So it's not something random that you entered into a, a, a private practice or a store and you say, hey, I want to do an internship. Let me enter. No, right. Not, not some cheesy like, thing where somebody just hands you a paper. It says your name on it, and okay, this is what you get now. And like, no, you had to. Yeah, you really had to yeah, get sorted was, out in the right program. Absolutely, yeah, it was rough. So, but that that was great. Like the master program was just nutrition and exercise physiology. So uh, that's how I really, you know, I was like when I saw that major because uh, there are different ones. Like that you can combine internship and master. There are different like uh, let's say you can do life cycle nutrition or nutritional sciences. But this one was sports nutrition, so I'm like, well, what would be most perfect for me, right? So keep doing nutrition, I didn't want to play volleyball anymore. Because uh, the reason why I came to America is because I knew that volleyball was not my dream, right? So I, entire life, I played it internationally before coming to America. I played professionally before coming to America. So um, I knew that that wasn't my dream. So I only kind of used it to, to come to this country, right? So... Um, uh, yeah, so FSU, it was great. Then I did my internship. My last uh, section of the internship was my sports nutrition rotation, which took me to University of Miami, where I was, I basically, they never had a sports dietitian, really. They had one, like, overseeing stuff, but not one working specifically with the football team. So that's what I did at that's University of Miami for a whole yeah, their, their spring semester. And, you know, I was really making shakes in the back of the weight room on top of a freezer with all equipment behind me, like for 100 people. It was a little crazy. Yeah, it was a little crazy. And we tried to, like, develop stuff. And, like, we, we were, um, I learned a lot, I would say. Um, we were tracking the body composition and, like, two training, two spring training. Um, and uh, it was it was a good experience. Um and then, after that, I ended up doing my clinical rotation in Orlando. So I was in Orlando for um, uh, probably four months, from like June, July to October. And then I ended my internship October 5th, and I got my job like October 7th uh, in, a, in the clinical field. Holy crap. But that wasn't good. That wasn't good because I did not want to. In my head, it wasn't good because I did not want a clinical job, right? I'm like, I studied sports nutrition. I want to be a sports dietitian. You know, my my goal was like, I want to go in the NFL. I want to be like a, a, a dietitian of that care, you know? Um, so, so yeah, so I wasn't too happy, but I had to get a job because of visa restrictions. So I'm like, if I don't get a job in 30 days uh, after I graduate you know they, they just kick you out like you, you just cannot be hired hired anymore so i'm like all right i just need to get hired right so i came all the way to texas uh in a in a little little town in the north of texas almost in oklahoma called sherman and <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere so uh, my yeah, entire, 
I know where it is. Ain't there ain't shit? Yes, ain't shit out there. Okay, and just just a quick sidebar for those of you who have been to Texas and only go, oh my God, Texas is so great. Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. God, this is so much fun. It's like you guys have no idea what's like living in a small town. I myself, I grew up in a small town, and you come coming from coming from the other side of the world, coming from Italy, and, and then coming to Miami, and then now you're you were in this small town. You must have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why am I here? Trust me, trust me, I was. I spent the only like four in Miami as my reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, all of all, all I've seen of America was that. And then, yes, struggling with volleyball a little bit. Like, I got to see, like, Tennessee and, like, some parts of Texas. But, like, and it looked different. But I never expected anything to be different in Texas, you know, and that I would live there. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, like, it was it was a rough experience. It taught me a lot because as far as professionally, I grew a lot in the clinical field. It was it was, it was good. Um, and I got the time to, like, I developed a uh, my own website at the and then I got the chance I, I met this nurse that he was an MMA uh, trainer so he had a whole gym a whole like uh, he was working at a gym and so he's like oh my god nutrition like you said for nutrition what's up so I kind of led some of the competitors some of the, um, the fighters to a competition and I got to go to their weigh-ins and like so it was a good experience I was making them like anti-inflammatory uh, shots I was making them pre-workout bars I was, you know, I was just like out there trying to to make my way, let's say, into the nutrition world the way I wanted to. Um, and mind you, I did everything for zero dollars. You're joking. No, I'm not. God, I'm dude. not. And, and, and this is, and I'm actually really, really glad that you said that too, because it just is what it is, right? We're we're older now. We're we're older now, right? We. When we were young, we were just like, "Yay!" We, we think we and we and we thought we kind of had a beat on things. And looking back, I don't I don't think that people now kind of get a real understanding of what it takes to when you decide to go on this path, right? Where you already automatically knew, "Hey, you know what? Volleyball is going to pave the way for me. This is great, but this is what I want to do." And then a lot of people just kind of don't really talk about what that journey is like and what that process is like. And then. Making your making your way into the MMA world, which is one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, right? Because you know, um, I, I was training to be a fighter. At a, in, I'm nothing crazy, very very small small scale, right? I was nobody, but I, I trained hard and I learned a lot. Yeah. And I've got phenomenal phenomenal people around me all around the world. But having a nutrition coach in the sport of MMA comes at a premium because there's so many coaches and they, and they, they oh, do it my way, do it my way, do uh, do it the Dolce way, do it whatever way. And it's like, they, I feel like nutrition now in the sport of MMA has gotten more and more to do with, uh, and MMA and boxing and just sports in general has gotten more to do with just the brand name and not necessarily the science behind nutrition. And I think that nowadays, you see the athlete changing. You you, you you see that these kids now are just doing stuff that you and I, for lack of a better word, thought we, we could do or couldn't do back then. It, it's different. So yeah. um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about nutrition kind of being more about the brand and less about the best about the deal? Uh, about the yeah, so, um, I mean, first of all, let me start by saying that I was extremely impressed by the sport of MMA and how they at, you know, at the level that I saw, and it wasn't, it wasn't nothing crazy, but, uh, I mean, 
you know, people throwing up in the back before we in and it was it was mind blowing. I'm like, this is this real life? Like I was really shocked. So I'm like, and that's because um, nutrition is often taken uh, you know, oh I can fix that the last two weeks, you know what I'm saying? Or start from a crazy, crazy like you are like twenty percent off of your of the body weight that's gonna be your goal. And like how am I gonna lose it in a month? Like honestly, and somebody told me, yeah, one of the fighters told me, uh, yeah, I need to lose like a crazy amount. I can't remember, I think it was 20 pounds in a month. And I'm like, it would be unethical for me to tell you that that's okay to do and to guide you to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm almost unethical, you know? Um, so, um, so I was, I was really honest and I'm like, you're not going to perform at your best. You're not going to feel at your best if you're putting your body through intense training and calorie restriction of that time, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then another thing that I noticed is that this guy brought me an entire duffel bag full of supplements. Holy shit. Yes, an entire duffel bag. I was like, wait. And he's like, oh, can you please look into this and tell me like what, if they're good or not? So, you know, I used my resources and I went through the bag and I, I literally more than three quarters, I was like, trash, just like trash. Or like at least you don't need it, you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're wasting your money. And there was I remember there was this one thing. It was like a some type of clay that you dilute in water that is supposed to be detoxifying. I'm like, what are you doing? Like are you eating lead and arsenic uh, like for lunch and dinner? Like why do you need this? So yeah. Jesus, um, I mean in, so in I, all my years of training, I never did that once. Yeah, never. and this but this yeah and you know great but this all led me to say leads me to say that there is a lot a lot a lot of uh misconceptions and misunderstandings out there and a lot of trends let's say that people like to follow but they're not necessarily uh sure if that's the way for them and they're not really sure if it's gonna work it's it's like a that's the reason why i uh, i'm really big on education so um i do believe that yes there is a backbone with this way, with that way, so there is a like some type of uh, backbone plan, let's say. But uh, ultimately, individualization is what you want, right? So, uh, what works for you, which might not be what works for, uh, you know, Conor McGregor, right? right. Understanding <laughs> so, your understanding your body type, so you can understand the science behind how the how the way you need to fuel your body in order to perform your best. I, I, I hear all this, I hear everything that you're saying, and it only blows my mind that, just, let's just be honest, when we were in college, we didn't have this, these same yep. kind of resources, we didn't have these same kind of tools as athletes. Like, there were yep. just, like, I'll remember, hey, eat 4,500 calories a day, three, train three times a day, not including your extra practices in between, not including your lift sessions in between, oh, and then you're going to go perform at your best. Uh, no, I'm not. I was 225 pounds in college like for what for what i i didn't need i needed i didn't need to be at that weight at that height at that size especially with like you right where our past just went different like i knew that uh <clears throat> i knew that hanging out with you guys right and i would look at i would look at uh, i would look at paul and i'd go why do i want what why do i want to why do i want to do this why, why do i want to do this I, and and it just is what it is. I tell jokes for a living now, but um, it, it's insane too how you you would think that in in sports as well, especially in boxing or MMA, you would have 
these resources available to cater to these guys, these men and these women for their specific body types. And it just doesn't work that way. And that's why uh, just kind of being able to circle back is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. How do you how do you really coach someone into figuring out what their body type is so they they can perform at an elite level? Like for myself, right? I'm 200 pounds. I'm five foot nine. Uh, but if I wanted to make 170 pounds, as a perfect example, because that's that would be that was my weight class. What would you do? How how would you go? How would you take me through that cycle to make 170 pounds? Well, okay. So first of all, we need to understand what you're currently doing. Okay. So what I always do with my training camp leading up to fight week leading up to when you're actually 100% stepping on the scale I, yeah I, 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 that's definitely something that I noticed too where I, I don't know if you follow the sport of MMA I'm not it's just it's in line with what I do it just is what it is uh, because of the show but I noticed over the last couple of years that you were noticing that a lot of guys were going up to up to up a weight class to be in their natural weight uh, some of the guys, like for example, uh, Calvin Gastelum, who was a welterweight, his natural weight was 185. And what happened is his strength has improved, his metabolism improved, his chin improved, his overall strength and conditioning had improved. Where he was now, instead of cutting those 10, 20, 30 pounds, now he's just cutting 5, 10, 15 pounds. And then he's stepping on the scale at that 20%, right, that you were talking about. And then he's just stepping into the cage healthy and fresh. Um, could you speak a little bit on the importance of what un, understanding just what your calorie intake should be and understanding what how that is associated with performance yeah absolutely so well you depending on what your goal is right if your goal is to gain weight for the most part you have to understand that if it takes you put an alarm to remember to eat you have to eat right uh combining though you know your training you, you don't want to just eat and I mean think about you, you bring two people together right 
they have the same exact weight, they have the same exact um, activity level, and then you, you start increasing a thousand calories per day, both of them, one starts laying in bed and one keeps, keeps training. So which person is going to turn that extra calories into muscle for the most part, right? The right. person that's going to keep training. If you lay in bed, clearly, no. So if you just want to gain weight to gain weight, um, um, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, like you, you have to, to gain lean mass, of course, you need to, um, to keep training. So um, now to decrease your calories, right? Uh, what we said is we don't want to do it in a too extreme way because you need to fuel your training, okay? And uh, especially around your training, that's when you need to be fueled. So the importance of carbohydrates, or people are like, oh, let me take out all the carbohydrates, all of the no, sugar. But you, but you need you know? yeah, right, you can't do that. So um, we need to focus the, the simple carbs and um, uh, the carbohydrates, most of the bulk of the carbohydrates around your goal is weight loss but the calorie balance okay needs to decrease gradually the calorie your, your calorie intake needs to decrease gradually okay and you don't want to because you're not going to get uh better as far as performance right and beside your metabolism that's going to suffer so um so yeah now if now if you would if you were to kind of you were to kind of put it in a nutshell right so uh, I'm a young athlete. I'm a young. I'm a young MMA fighter. I just started out my career, but I realized that because of my height, my weight, and my size, I'm not in the particular. I'm not in the correct weight class, right? I know you mentioned, uh, you know, for those first five days, creating that log and understanding what that person's putting in their body, right? Once you understand what what that process is, how do you kind of put it in a nutshell for somebody to say, hey, this is how I'm going to get you to your weight class now? Versus once you understand already what that intake for those five days were. Yeah. So, um, again, uh, it's creating a plan, you know, a very individualized plan. Okay. So, um, maybe some, some trial and error too, but definitely, uh, you have to make the small changes at the beginning, but sometimes you don't need to revolution, uh, somebody's right you just have to make some small changes or people are not realizing oh i put in my coffee i do um i put like a tablespoon of ranch sauce here another one on my salad and uh, but those are like that if you cut that off let's say or if you make some healthy substitutions for that that's already like a 500 calorie uh difference per day right um so just thinking about that now i'm like oh my god yeah, sometimes the smallest change can make it the huge, the biggest, uh, you know, difference. But now, um, I mean, weekly, I believe in weekly uh, catching up and weekly counseling. Not and for an athlete, you have to be like it's a team effort, right? So the dietitian will speak to the trainer that will assess, you know, how hard did you train on this day, that day, so that you can maybe make a plan that varies according to your to your daily strain right um so ultimately i mean is it weight gain we need to be on a on a calorie surplus is it weight loss we need to be on a caloric deficit that is moderate but you know uh and then everything tailored so what do you like to eat because you don't even want to take away the enjoyment of food and i'm huge on that right so uh, you don't want to especially young athletes 
subject lead to, you know, excessive restriction or like you take everything that is pleasurable out, that can lead to uh, development of unhealthy eating habits in the future, so eating disorders, right? And we see that so much uh, in uh, with athletes, especially where weight categories and like where, you know, appearance matters. Like uh, we had track and field. I was with track and field at, uh, um, at TCU recently. I was following the entire... Um, the entire, all the teams, all the varsity teams at Wagner College where I used to work, and I encountered quite a few, um, you know, eating disorders in young people. So, um, yeah, that, that's also something to consider with yeah. their relationship with food and making sure that it's healthy. Uh, and I love that you said that too, because one of the things that came to my mind immediately, immediately too is that these younger kids aren't necessarily eating everything either. Most of these kids are picky as shit, and they're like, "I want to eat this, I don't want to eat that, I want this, yeah. I need that." And so it's like, I, I just now it makes me just think even more how much, how more tedious and detailed you have to be when you're catering yeah. to this athlete, whether it be a, a track and field star, a boxer, a fighter, a football player. Yeah. The detail in that, how yeah, do you manage yeah, that? It's not even- yeah, it's not even their fault, you know, because they might have grown up in a in a household where they maybe they only had one meal a day. You know what I'm saying? They only had a certain item, so they didn't develop that preference for other stuff. Um, they don't know the benefits that they can have in more vitamins and minerals through fruits and vegetables, right? Uh, they don't know the difference between whole grains and just like simple ones, simple carbs. So um, I feel like, and that's why I'm telling you, I really... Um, give a lot of importance and weight to education and I, I rather and I rather I tell my clients all the time I rather you come up with your own way to like and you tell me so that I can structure a meal plan around so many factors like the support that you have around you you know your ability to cook so do I make a meal plan that has like some like nice recipes where you can like you know, more complicated or something extremely simple that it just requiring you to put together some ingredients, right? So it, it needs to be catered to every single aspect of, uh, you know, of, of your life, of your habits, right? Uh, and that's the same thing for an athlete. It, it doesn't make sense to make something that's, uh, to make a, a plan that it's unrealistic or out of the expectation for, um, or a cookie cutter, because I mean, if you look online now, what people sell, people sell, um, cookie cutter plans that tell you oh it's gonna work you're gonna just gonna happen but like is it you know is it made for you and that's why i was always against um i was always against it i i want to give uh as i and i think every professional every dietitian especially should want to be present to the process you know because you give them a plan but then like to put it into action for the accountability and support you need to be there for them so that blows my mind that we that you like you you've chosen this career path and you've learned so much and yet people it just makes me think how people take this kind of stuff into their own hands and i just wonder man why not reach out to the expert right right why like why not reach out to like hey man uh you know what i'm freshly into this i need a coach i know i can't do this right i know i've made weight on my own before but i wasn't doing it right like i don't understand why we don't also don't don't just simply reach out to you Right? Why, don't, why don't we reach out to the pros? Why don't we reach out to the experts that are in this field that know how to handle and do this thing properly? Because, uh, I mean, I'll admit, I tried making 155 pounds uh, twice on my own. I got sick twice on my own. And I never I never sought out to make the weight class ever again. And I stayed at 170 yeah. pounds. 
So uh, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think why do you think we're not reaching out to you guys? Say what? Sorry. Why do you think that athletes are? I mean, athletes now are definitely yeah. reaching yeah. out to, to to experts well, and professionals now. But why wasn't that happening before? That's what I yeah. wanted, right? Um, I don't know. I think it's just like with the growth of the. I mean, people realizing it, you know, and seeing how much people get burned out uh, and uh, and discouraged by not being like going on this yo-yo and not being able to make a consistent change. People really get burned out. They say, okay, this is not for me. Screw it. Uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to do it on your own. And plus, it's uh, I mean, if you do it at a at the beginning of your career when you first start training, it's an investment future because again going back to education and you learn how to do it and you can adjust it yourself for the most part you know what i'm saying so having the basis of how your body works getting to know your body according to what you you know what you put into it i've, I've heard plenty of athletes saying oh i work perfectly fine on fries and mcdonald's fries and hamburger you know what i'm saying and it could be true i'm not saying that it's not true right but what is, what is the potential that you could unlock if you actually were fueling yourself the right way right it's, it's, I mean, and the other thing too is right. A lot of people also don't understand that the people that do this stuff are the outliers. These are these are, these are the LeBron James and right. Brennan Schaubs and, 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 and um, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. LeBron James does all of the planning. Oh yeah, things. yeah, yeah. They, they LeBron James is the sure. one that spends the most money out of out of every athlete. Like on, uh, and I'm, I'm you know I'm really impressed because people don't see that. Right. You know what I'm saying? People, not, not everybody knows that, oh, he's just like a phenomenon. Yeah, but he takes care of his nutrition, of his body, and like he invests the necessary, uh, you know, clearly he's full of money, but like he invests his money towards his body. So he makes an investment for it and he gets paid through it. Uh, so I mean, all the, all the respect to him. It shows. It shows at 36 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, he, he's considered an elder. If you will in the sport of basketball, yeah, it is yeah. what it is, it, and the guys out here rushing years. it. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So what? What would be? Um. What? What's the end game for Sylvia Car? For Sylvia Reese? Sorry, I'm remembering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what's so the end game, right? To... Like, what's what's the tippy top thing that you just is the ultimate goal you want to get to? Yeah, so um, um, I didn't mention that when I was working at Wagner, uh, I became also a CSCS. So at Wagner, I got the chance. They never had a dietitian in that uh, college, the small Division One college in New York, mm-hmm. uh, in Staten Island. And uh, I got to basically um, create a sports nutrition program there and started with, with the leadership of um, um, one of the best training conditioning coaches I met, uh, Ian Jones, who is a, he's an Irish guy. Um, and uh, so there, I I was, it was kind of coming with the position, but I became a CSCS. So I became, um, you know, certified to actually uh, train. And I did train also for strength and conditioning, some teams at Wagner. So I would love to combine that with nutrition and, and be an overall, you know, trainer. I'm your dietitian and I'm your, and I'm your trainer, right? Um, so that would be something. And I, I mean, right now I'm working on, on building my own business. I'm a consultant. I work for a, for a, com- for a New York company. I'm their lead uh, dietitian. Um, and, um, and for a facility here in, uh, in Coppell, Texas. So, um, I'm, uh, so I follow athletes and non-athletes. So that's, that's like a stepping stone 
to be completely on my own. So I want to create a, uh, you know, my own business. Uh, and I want to, uh, so you know how Texas is huge in sports, right? You grew Massive. up here, so you know how much they invest in football and like, and young, uh, young, yes. Millions so, of dollars. Uh, and, but there are so many schools and so many facilities or high schools that do not necessarily have a dietitian, right? So I would love to start consulting uh, in that way. So you don't have a dietitian 24-7, but here you go. You can have me once a month uh, for like education or providing resources and stuff like that. So um, I think, uh, so that's, that's another one of the things. And it's all in the works. So um, if you saw, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I'm building my website. There's only a link in my bio. I have some, some stuff going on. Absolutely. So it's coming, it's coming. We're, little we're coming. by little it's coming. We're definitely going to get to that there in a minute. But so, so you kind of, for a lot of folks, right? You, you had, you're geared more towards athletes. But if you, if you had someone that wasn't an athlete, right? Oh, so yeah. How, what, what would be the best approach to what you would recommend for their health? Same, would it be the same process, right? Those five, that yeah. five day intake and then go through there? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's what I deal with most of the time, like non athletes right now. Uh, so, um, you know, especially with age advancing, you get to see some chronic diseases aspect. And again, I am mind blown. And like this happened recently that I have a, a type two diabetic, right? Um, she's like 50, 54. And, uh, um, and her doctor never, ever, ever, she's been diabetic for 10 years. Let me tell you that type two. And um, her doctor never mentioned to her or asked her, what are you eating? Never. And I was like, he only thinks about increasing the dose of her medication. And I'm like, do we know that this can be reversed through nutrition? Like, do we, do we even like start? But no, like, it's because just like the way it's set up, that it's it's like, a, a, there you go, there's the pill for it, you know? So, so yeah, it's the same. And it's even more rewarding, I feel like. Um, I mean, not necessarily because I like educating athletes, but like, uh, it's a, it's, it's, I just love when people go, Oh my gosh, I didn't, that's so, that's so interesting. I'll apply that. Or when people tell me, Oh, you know, I made that little change. It really made a huge difference. So, um, so yeah, it's actually really rewarding. It will be the same process. Yeah. You listen to them, and especially if it's somebody who is a non-athlete. So think about athletes that have a pretty standard normal schedule. Uh, although like that's not even true because a lot of them have families or like different variables that play into it. All of us do. But, um, you know, you're dealing with somebody that has four kids and a husband and a job. And so, like, what's the best way to reach your goal and not go crazy or become unhappy? You know what I'm saying? Because you need to take care of that, too. Or, like, uh, so um, when I say my approach is holistic in a way that I don't just ask you about your nutrition. I ask you about your stress level, your sleep. So how are you sleeping? That's, a, that's huge. Come to find out that the type of diabetic sleeps three hours per night. Do you know the effect that that poor sleep can have on your hormones and on how you process, you metabolize glucose and like on your insulin level, that's right? Terrible. Uh, that, yeah. I, 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 what is it? Uh, I, I believe that sends your shit through the roof. It kicks your body yeah. into overdrive, and then you're not processing and you're not processing things the same, and then your hormones are one hundred percent off all yeah. the way around. This is this is just to say that sometimes the recommendation is not necessarily like a strict diet, but it can be a little adjustment, like, you know, a better sleep habits, like, like a, a good sleep routine, 
So sometimes we intervene as healthcare professionals, we intervene not only on, you know, yes, eat this and uh, this many grams and this many greens and all of that, but you also ask other questions that play a factor into your eating habits, right? Mm-hmm. And why are we not able to lose weight? So we need to understand the whole picture. That's what I, where I'm getting to, right? Um, no matter who you have in front of you, either it's an athlete or, you know, anybody. And we need to understand the full picture. Uh, so that's my approach. And, and it, when I hear your approach, it just makes so much, it just makes so much more sense. I, I've been around other nutritionists. I, I, I picked their brain. I've talked to them. But it, it, it's kind of also, it's kind of kind of two things come to my mind. It's kind of crazy how each coach just has their own their own i guess style or programming i don't know what exactly what the right word would be but it, yeah, it's insane well, uh, yeah. uh here we go it's insane like all the different types of methodologies that are behind uh behind health science and nutrition especially when it's for the civil when it's for the civilian the regular average soccer mama three or to the world-class athlete uh, like the lebron james of the world it's it, it's insane um and then just uh, piggyback, piggyback like a little sidebar here off of what you were talking about too, how uh, it, the American culture is in this way. Uh, I, I've, I've seen documentaries, I've done my research as well, uh, not as extensive as you, but also just culturally the kind of food that you're getting in Italy, how, oh, how it's just so much healthier. It's organic, it's so much more pure. People, uh, people literally live longer in Italy. It, it, mm-hmm. it's, in, it's, it's insane. So. The fact that the athletes here also don't understand that as well, putting that all together, how the, how the, how the, just how the fuck do you look at something and go, yeah, this makes sense. I should put this in my body and this is my coach and this is how I should do shit. When there's hundreds of people that are just like, yeah, no, you can do this, this, this and that. But in, real, in reality, like you said, right, it may just simply not always work. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's exactly why you need individualization. Um, so I mean, yeah, that you—that's that, what the different lays in my in my eyes, right? Because you can go online, and if you wanted to, you can find anything really you're looking for on the internet, right? But the pro, like for real, like think about it, like you can Google anything, and you can find an answer. Now, what kind of answer is it going to be? How can you discern what's good and what's bad information, right? Because it's not always that easy to understand. Each, even if you read a research article. I mean, it's it's even hard to process that because, like, you need to be able to, um, you know, there is research articles that tells you anything, right? But then there is a study done on mice, and so many, so many like supplements that are out there nowadays are they, they've been blown out of because of some result being positive in a small scale in a small study with with a dose that would be like a billion times bigger than what you give to humans and the studies on mice you know what i'm saying and then oh my gosh this works let's put it out there um or, so um so let's so, act like there's a ton of science behind uh like or other science like uh like there's so many articles on health science and nutrition nowadays it's, and then it's like man what what's actually backed by by medicine what's actually backed by science yeah, and nutrition right and then you have to go through this quadruple check of of the information to make sure that when you're doing your research you're passing it along to your civilians or your athletes in the right way uh yeah have you have you found that to uh kind of not something that you worry about as much just because of the acquired education that you already have um so like does it make it easier i guess would be the right word so you you mean uh, like discerning like good and bad science Mm mm-hmm I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, some background from what I've studied, um, 
of course. But then, I mean, I learned, I learned things these days. Like they thought, they asked me, a client asked me about raspberry ketones. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No. I have never, yeah, I have never heard of raspberry ketones before. Turns out that has nothing to do with the ketogenic diet and basically nothing to do with raspberries, right? So <laughs> I'm like, my mom, like, what is this? And basically there is no really real science to back it up, right? So, um, and that's just an example. So I keep learning like day, every day I learn something new. So, um, yeah. every day I learn something new. Um, and, and that's, you know, I love it. I honestly love it. That's, that's making me grow as a dietitian. And, uh, um, so I, I, cause think about it in school. I mean, in school, you learn the basics, right? The basics of metabolism, the basics of, uh, you know, food science. But you don't really, they don't really teach you everything. You know how extensive it is, how like how much is out there, and your what you're fighting is mostly misinformation these days, right? Yeah. So, um, okay. so that that's that's my main. Um, I love debunking myth for pe- myths for people, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 really it's really rewarding in that in that sense, uh, and I definitely came to to just like uh, go along with what you said about growing up in Italy, you know, I never really got a real appreciation for that, for like the fact that I grew up eating seriously food from the garden, you know, my mom never, she never even made like baby food, she never even brought, bought baby food, she was making my baby food, she never, I would cry because I wanted this, like, I remember it was a, this little like a, like a cordon bleu type of deal with some ham and cheese inside and I would sit on TV. And, and I would cry to have it. My mom is like, no, uh, I'll make it for you. Like, I'll make it at home, you know? And only now I appreciate how, you know, how that, I never had a frozen meal. I never had, and then I came to America and seen how the culture is different, you know? It's a, it's mind blowing, but now I appreciate it so much. And I want my kids to have the same treatment that I had, you know, to yeah. grow up that way. And, and I definitely want to, you know, to set the basis for them to be athletes and, and uh, and the best way I can. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't be more spot on. Like, I'm Venezuelan and French Canadian myself, so it's like, you know, even though I was in this country, my, my, my like the food that I always ate was always something that mom always made. Yeah, like, yeah. I never, like I, and, and then I went to Texas. I went from Miami, New York, New York, down to Texas. But it was kind of like it was kind of cool to just see that my mom always just made everything. So then, mm-hmm. obviously, as we get older, now they look at you and go, "All right, you can, you can go, you can go figure this out. Go, go make yourself a meal, you know." And and, and I, I think my mom, because she also taught me how to do that as well, where I'm not just opening up a bottle of something and pouring it in a pan. Like I just, I know how to, I know how to make, I know how to make food. Um, yeah. I gotta ask because. Right, I met you over ten years ago. I've known you for a long time. You're one of the sweetest people on the face of the planet. I love you so much. Uh, Thank you. What, um, what was that like? That culture shock to come in. Like, I remember how the way you used to sound. Right, I remember how the way you used to speak English. Okay, I, I like, I remember, like, I remember watching you try and figure out words and ask me if this is the right word and then point at shit like. I mean, I'll <laughs> never forget that. I, I know, like, that's crazy. I know. And, and, and I look, look at you now. Yeah, when I first got to America, I was taking a, I was taking an intro to, to jazz class. And I remember it was a huge class and the professor was cracking jokes all the time and everybody was laughing. And I was like, what did he say? 
it was terrible. I really, it really made me question: this is the right place for me? You know, uh, it was. But then every single thing I was, I would see, I would be like, oh my gosh, I only see this, I only saw this in movies, right? So for a whole year or more, I mean, still to this day, I say that sometimes. And you know, it's it's different. It's huge. Everything is bigger here. Um, you know, even even like. We don't have gallons of stuff at home. We don't have gallons of milk, gallons of water. You know, I went home. I, the first time, uh, the first Christmas in 2011 that I went home after my first, you know, season in the um, semester at FIU, uh, my mom is like, "Oh, I got you some shampoo and conditioner." And I was like, well, "Did they give you the the trial size? Like, what is this?" She goes, "No, so this is normal because I already got used to everything bigger." <laughs> you know, they have it's, everything is big. Like everything is huge, and the portions are huge, and this translates so much into food, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you go to out to a restaurant back home. You go to a restaurant, and it's like a normal portion size that you can finish. There is no to-go box in Italy, right? They don't do to-go boxes. Like um, or at least I don't know if in the past 10 years they started because they, I know that a lot is changing right. but uh, as far as I remember we never ever or say that you can ask for like a, the little doggy bag if anything but <laughs> no <laughs> now here when you sit down what I what, something that I recommend if somebody's trying to lose weight I'm like well at least one third of that portion put it already in a box even start eating right that's a simple easy way to save some calories and think of a meal safe for later oh wow that's a great idea i'm gonna start doing that myself a half to a third of a meal you can put in a box you know because sometimes it's like huge it's like it's like they give you the food and it's like men like men what is this you know like i like i went out last night uh i went out to out to rocco's tacos in fort lauderdale shout Uh out to shout out to mama bear came to spend time with my mama she was already she was already lit it was hilarious she saw me started giving me hugs and rubbing my head i'm like oh my god why are you doing this in front of people what is this you know so uh but I, they gave me that they gave me this big big plate of quesadillas they were massive they were bigger than my hands and i was just like oh cool i can eat all this and then i was and then i just i found my body going wait a minute no no you're 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 full stop yeah. right here after two yeah. pieces stop it's amazing that your body will tell you, hey, you're done, but then you still keep going anyway. That's crazy. Yep. That's yep. crazy yep. that we can kind of bypass that in the mind and the body and then not give a single shit. Yeah, but what? that's how we lose that connection between our body's design. As you said, our body's designed for that, right? Um, and, uh, but with, and, and I'll be really honest with you. Like I grew up, because Europe is, you know, but like where I grew up, uh, a lot of weight is given to appearance and being thin. And like, if you look at all the women in Italy, they're all like super, super skinny, right? But that's and that's something that I noticed there too. Like, that's all they care about, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, but was um, it healthy though, right? So that exactly. So that has really, um, you know, I mean, it's really it's, it's still in me to think that way sometimes. But like. I clearly I study nutrition and I have a background now on that on that type of deal that that, that type of stuff. But like, I can understand how um, uh, and this happened. I'm mentioning this because I saw this in European athletes that I had at uh, at Wagner College that had that developed the eating disorder. And then talking to them about about it about this uh, mentality that's back home, 
uh, I was able to relate it and to understand that it had that type of roots, right? So, so it's that super important to develop a healthy relationship with food, not to disrupt those patterns, right? Those pathways that go on your signaling, uh, your natural signaling, so that you can keep your hormones right, right? So your brain tells your stomach you're good, and you stop. I just, I look back on that too, thinking about that even, just even more now, right? Because I I, I was thinking about this before having you on, and I just thought to myself, like, what the fuck were we thinking? The amount of food and the kind of food at at the times in the day in which we we were all eating them, we were all eating four or five meals a day, a day, and that was apparently normal, when really, that was probably hindering our performance more than it could have. And then it's yeah. like, the, and it's like the food that we were getting in college either. When you and I were in college together, let's be honest, it's not like it was, you know, it the was cap, Gordon Ramsay in our kitchen whipping the shit up. Yeah, yes, yes, it was, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. I and I remember too, you know, when when all of us would go out together, we would look forward to going and eating out somewhere than yeah. the easy, accessible food that we would get at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night when we'd leave towers and go to GC and grab food and then yeah. go back to towers. Like, yeah, uh, that's, that's insane to me. I, I, I wonder now too, right? Like why, are, why aren't schools doing this more? Why aren't they like you invest all these millions in like cool jerseys and cleats and I don't know what the fuck. And what about the food? Well, they do. Well, I mean, if you're in good programs, like big programs, even like my my husband played football at Mizzou, and he was telling me, you know, how how much to be put into that and like into nutrition. They had like top notch, and he has so much knowledge now that resigned with him, uh, you know, about nutrition. So, um, I'm, you know, in big programs they do. Now we weren't lucky at FIU because Hell we didn't no. have the resources. But, um, you know, big programs do have that. Now, seeing Wagner College, which is something that I personally, you know, I feel like it's my baby, you know. (laughs) They had nothing before and all athletes were so appreciative to get a little granola bar before a workout, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Or a pack of fruit snacks. Whereas there are people that everywhere they walk, they have food. Meeting rooms, like a locker room. Everywhere they walk and they have food, right? Oh, yeah. So think about that and like um, the where it can. And it's not an excuse, of course. It's not because people. I mean, we have a we have a, a Super Bowl champion that came from Wagner last year. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't matter where you come from. If you're good, you're good and you're gonna make it. But at the same time, having, having those type of resources, um, you know, uh, it makes can make the difference. I love that you said that there too. It's very, very important for people that are listening to this to understand too that not not every school just because you're here, especially just I mean God, I don't I don't know how to say this properly, but just because you're in the U.S. and you're at whether you're at Wagner, which historically has it has a good football program and has a great wrestling program, I know a lot about Wagner. I had friends from Wagner too. Uh, no, actually, I, know, I don't think they have a wrestling program anymore. No. Yeah, no, no. But just just that alone, like. People need to understand that not every school, just because they're in the U.S., though, it doesn't mean that you have those same resources. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I went to UCLA. But they need to also understand, but they need to also understand that there is not necessarily, like, if you're good, they'll find you. You know what I'm saying? So never use it as a, 
as a, you know, I don't want to say excuse, but yes, excuse to say, oh, I'm, I'm at this school or I'm making an excuse for yourself, right. right? Because if you really love what you do and if you have a goal and you pursue it and you do the best that you can in the condition you're given, then you will still make it, yeah. So I think that's important for everybody to know that too, um, and what, and what was your mindset going into all this, right? You you, you came you came in from came in, came in from Italy. I met you I met you when you were a freshman. Um, yeah. What was your mindset going into just coming from another country like that, and then just to see you now, ten years later, still taller than me, by the way. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but what was that like? What was your mindset uh, like? Because obviously, you know, we, we grow, we mature, we understand the things that we do now. So who I was at 18 or 20 when I met you is different yeah. from who I am now at 30. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I was just talking to my husband yesterday about this. And I'm like, do you, like, looking back at how we would handle situations and how we would, like, if I look back at my freshman year of college, I'm like, I was a completely different person than who I am right now. Uh, you know, and uh, so I... I guess I grew up fast in Italy because for because of volleyball I moved out of my house when I was 15 and I was traveling every year to different teams um, so so I think you know that wasn't necessarily being completely independent but I was to some level independent so for me the transition to America wasn't as hard right uh, plus I was so busy I mean if you're an athlete in college you don't have time to think about I miss my mom yeah it's not it's not it's happening you barely have time for a phone call Right. No. Well, yeah. But I was I was also happy to be able to be able to go home at least twice a year. So in the summer and in for Christmas, that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, again, a blessing because not everybody that I know was able to do that international athlete. So, I mean, and I I, I honestly couldn't imagine not being able to see my family. Uh, and already it didn't happen. For example, this year for Christmas, we were planning on going to Italy, but coronavirus and everything is the first Christmas really that I didn't spend with my family. Uh, ever right um, so so it's a uh, you know th- there are definitely challenges but ultimately um, you know when, when you find your purpose and you know you know what you want then it makes it like easy and and you know now it's it's easy yes because I have a whole new family here I have a whole like my, my husband's side of the family so yeah, you have a whole um, new support system yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so um yeah, uh, I mean, again, it not it, it hasn't always been. Trust me. In April 2018, I was ready to pack my stuff and go to Italy. I was so discouraged. Let me tell you, I was so discouraged. I could not get uh, anywhere, anything in sports nutrition. I could not get any job at all. Nobody would want to hire, and I couldn't understand if it was because of my visa, if they didn't want to sponsor me, if what the deal was. I'm like, like who would you want in my in my head? You know that maybe. Um, Yes, I, I, I didn't do an internship in sports that was uh, necessarily like a, um, a big program already, right? Because I didn't have a solid sports dietitian recommendation, like somebody uh, that could, yeah, recommend me. So uh, I think that was um, the issue, but I was right to go home. I'm like, I'm, I'm away from my family. I wasn't completely happy in the clinical world. I'm in Sherman, Texas. And like, I, what do I do? You know, I was I was applying to anything and I couldn't get anything. Right. So then finally, what happened, right? And I even went part-time and started coaching volleyball at some point. Like I went part-time with my clinical job and started coaching volleyball. So I think that just the, the flexibility 
And I think this is just an important uh, matter in general in life. Just being able to adapt, right? Being flexible to whatever life throws at you. If you're not happy about something, you have to change it. You have to do something about it. So that really, um, that really, I think, was a learning, a growth experience. Being able to go and just say, okay, I'm gonna risk and and uh, go part time with my job and start coaching volleyball, right? Just because I want to have more time to, I think, to look for jobs to. Uh, networking people so and that was huge and that got me the job at Wagner which was an amazing experience until coronavirus hit and now I'm here luckily uh-huh. so so you know everything and and also everything really happens for a reason everything is gonna end up to work out uh if you if you stay working if you if you stay you have to stay working that's the thing like people like to say oh I'm gonna sit back and wait but you have to stay working for what you want and for what your vision is so Uh-huh. Yeah. I just I, I think of you and I think anybody that knows you knows two things about you one how much you love your family uh, it, it, you, you've shown that back when I met you you've shown that throughout all the years that I've had you you know obviously via social media and then just being able to catch up on and off over the years just being truthful there you it, people don't understand how important that connection is especially when you're an international athlete like It's not some call, a car ride home. It's not a, a ride down the street. It's not a FaceTime or a phone call. It's you're going back home to the other side of the world. I don't think anybody understands that. Like I have family in South America, but can I go hop on a plane right now and see him? No, no. Um, I can't imagine how hard that was for you. And then two, you're also one of the hardest working people I know. I'm not gonna act like I, 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 I talk to you every day, but I know enough about you from college and now to know that you're doing whatever, you're doing whatever it takes to do exactly what you love every single day. And I just find myself going, man, why aren't we all doing this? Like, uh, the reason why I started this podcast, the reason why I want to go back to stand-up is I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to work for somebody else, man. I, I want to I make, make my own paycheck. I want to wake up and, and look at uh, my unicorn whenever the hell she exists you know i want to be like hey do you just do you want to go to italy let, let, yeah. let's go let, let, you know what i mean so i just it it, it, it is a different topic uh, of conversation altogether but like why though like why aren't we all just doing it like doing exactly what we want how we want like i get it if people want to work for somebody else and that and they they're okay with that for the next 30 40 years of their life hey man cool story i respect 100 of that But then also at the same time, if you could just wake up every morning to the love of your life and have everything that you want, why not? Like, yeah, why, why, not? why is this some foreign concept that just can't seem to come into existence? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, it's not necessarily immediate. Uh, you know, um, so like, I mean, I have to say, I have to thank my husband so much because he, he contributes to pushing me every day. So like, I think that that partnership is like extremely important at some point in life. And everybody, it happens different for everybody. But, uh, you know, I really, it, it, he really made it seem like, um, he is really like convincing me that it's so possible. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes even I would doubt it, I would doubt it for myself. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that as far as like just being on your own and doing your own thing. 
and a part of it is also because of uh, you know being international in a whole different country like you know the, the many 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 and every international that is listening to your podcast probably will can relate but there are so many roadblocks um so um you know it's uh, it, everybody again is their own different path but uh you have to you just have to keep working you just have to stay the track as you were saying you just have to stay the course um and then keep on going because if, especially in a country like america right uh yes it's important to know people and network but if you work really hard and you, you will you will get what you want to do and there you have it ladies and gentlemen if you work really hard you'll get where you want to be Sylvia Carly, Sylvia Reese. Oh my God! For all the years I've known you, I got, I got to get you. I got used to that. We also, uh, quick sidebar. We got to get your boo on the show. We got to have both uh, of you on together. That'd be fun. Can can you bring? Can you can you can you can, can you bring them in real quick? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Bring them in. Absolutely, man. And ladies and gentlemen, while she's going out and getting her husband um there there'll be there'll be more fun episodes coming up with really cool and extraordinary people um there he is there he is there he is is that is that is that the man with the plan right there there he is pleasure to meet you how are you good man good hey uh we as in the conclusion of the show here I just, I thought to myself, she was diving in a little bit on your background, and I just thought, I gotta have you on the show together. Gotta, gotta have you both on. You know, she- He is awesome. He's got shoulders is what he has, okay? (laughs) He's got no problems finding shirts, okay? (laughs) Give me one second, guys. I will be right back, all right? But there you have it, guys. Another episode of the MMA Church Podcast. We 